Welcome to Tony Savor Museum, the podcast. Today, in addition to our book review on YouTube, which was Stephen Crane's The Red Badge of Courage, we are going to be reading chapter 15 from the book. Now, uh, a little tip, uh, I would suggest you pause this podcast episode, head on over to our YouTube channel, and watch the book review. I think it's only six minutes long. It's not going to take up uh, half of your day. Uh, it'll give you some really good information about the book, uh, some some of my opinions on how I feel about the book, but also uh, some historical accuracy about the book as well. Does it depict uh, uh, soldiers during the American Civil War well? And uh, a bunch of other questions I answer on the YouTube video. So be sure to go out there, check it out, then come back here and listen to this chapter 15 of The Red Badge of Courage. Now, the reason I'm doing this is because I want to give you guys a little taste of this book just in case you haven't read it before and you're looking for American Civil War books, whether that's historical fiction or uh, non-fiction, this happens to be a historical fiction book, uh, and you, you just haven't found any books to read that, that fits that genre, so that is why I'm doing this. So chapter 15, it's only like four pages. I just did this because I didn't want to take up uh, most of your day, an hour and a half, listening to me read a long chapter. So, just a little bit, a little taste of the Red Badge of Courage. Chapter 15. The regiment was standing at order arms at the side of a lane, waiting for the command to march. When suddenly, the youth remembered the little packet enwrapped in a faded yellow envelope, which the loud so young soldier with luxurious words had entrusted him. It made him start. He uttered an exclamation and turned toward his comrade. Wilson! What? His friend at his side in the ranks was thoughtfully staring down the road. From some cause, his expression was at the moment very meek. The youth regarding him with sidelong glances felt impelled to change his purpose. Oh, nothing, he said. His friend turned his head in some surprise. Why, what was he going to say? Oh, nothing, repeated the youth. He resolved not to deal the little blow. It was sufficient that the fact made him glad. It was not necessary to knock his friend on the head with the misguided packet. He had been possessed of much fear of his friend, for he saw how easily questionings can make holes in his feelings. Lately, he had assured himself that the altered comrade would not tantalize him with the persistent curiosity, but he felt certain that during the first period of leisure, his friend would ask him to relate his adventures of the previous day. He now rejoiced in the possession of a small weapon with which he could prostrate his comrade at the first signs of a cross-examination. He was master. It would now be he who could laugh and shoot the shafts of derision. The friend had, in a weak hour, spoken with sobs of his own death. He had delivered a melancholy oration previous to his funeral, and had doubtless, in the packet of letters, presented various keepsakes to relatives. But he had not died, and thus he had delivered himself into the hands of the youth. The latter felt immensely superior to his friend, but he had inclined to condescension. He adopted towards him an air of patronizing good humor. His self-pride, and now entirely restored in the shade of its flourishing growth he stood with braced and self-confident legs and since nothing could now be discovered he did not shrink from an encounter with the eyes of judges and allowed no thoughts of his own to keep him from an attitude of manfulness he had performed his mistakes in the dark so he was still a man indeed when he remembered his fortunes of yesterday and looked at them from a distance he began to see something fine there he had a license to be pompous and veteran-like his panting agonies of the past he put out of his sight. In the present, he declared to himself that it was only the doomed and the damned who roared with sincerity at circumstance. 
Few but they ever did it. A man with a full stomach and the respect of his fellows had no business to scold about anything that he might think to be wrong in the ways of the universe, or even with the ways of society. Let the unfortunates rail. The others may play marbles. He did not give a great deal of thought to these battles that lay directly before him. It was not essential that he should plan his ways in regard to them. He had been taught that many obligations of a life were easily avoided. The lessons of yesterday had been that retribution with a laggard and blind. With these facts before him, he did not deem it necessary that he should become feverish over the possibilities of the ensuing 24 hours. He could leave much to chance. Besides, a faith in himself and secretly blossomed. There was a little flower of confidence growing within him. He was now a man of experience. He had been out among the dragons, he said, and he assured himself that they were, no, that they were not so hideous as he had imagined them to be. Also, they were inaccurate. They did not sting with precision. A stout heart often defied and defying escape. And furthermore, how could they kill him? who was the chosen of gods and doomed to greatness. He remembered how some of the men had run from the battle. As he recalled their terror-stricken faces, he felt a scorn for them. They had surely been more fleet and more wild than was absolutely necessary. They were weak mortals. As for himself, he had fled with discretion and dignity. He was aroused with his reverie by his friend, who, having hitched about nervously and blinked at the trees for a time, suddenly coughed in an extraordinary way and spoke. Fleming! What? The friend put his hand up to his mouth and coughed again. He fidgeted in his jacket. Well, he gulped at last, I guess you might as well give me back the letters. Dark, prickling blood had flushed into his cheeks and brow. All right, Wilson, said the youth. He loosened two buttons of his coat, thrust in his hand, and brought forth the packet. As he extended it to his friend, the latter's face was turned from him. He had been slow in the act of producing the packet, because during it he had been trying to invent a remarkable comment upon the affair. He could conjure nothing of sufficient point. He was compelled to allow his friend to escape, unmolested, with this packet. And for this he took himself considerable credit. It was a generous thing. His friend at his side seemed suffering great shame as he contemplated him. The youth felt his heart grow more strong and stout. He had never been compelled to blush in such manner for his acts. He was an individual of extraordinary virtues. He reflected with condensing pity. Too bad, too bad. The poor devil. It makes him feel tough. After this incident, and as he reviewed the battle pictures he had seen, he felt quite competent to return home and make the hearts of the people glow with stories of war. He could see himself in a room of warm tents telling tales to listeners. He could exhibit laurels. They were insignificant, still, in a district where laurels weren't frequent, they might shine. He saw his gaping audience picturing him as a central figure in blazing scenes, and he imagined the consternation and the interjections of his mother and the young lady at the seminary as they drank his recitals. Their vague, feminine formula for beloved ones doing brave deeds on the field of battle without risk of life would be destroyed. That is it. That is chapter 15 of the Red Badge of Courage. I hope you enjoyed it. And like I said, if you haven't already uh, checked out our book review on YouTube, be sure to do that. And if you like book reviews, if you've already checked it out and you like it, please be sure you are subscribed to the channel uh, as well to this podcast episode. If you could do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast and please leave a five-star review if you can or whatever uh, uh, rating that you believe this podcast should receive. It is deeply appreciated, whatever it may be. 
as well as sharing this with your friends but definitely go on to the youtube channel and check it out subscribe we have plenty of content we have on average two to three videos coming out a month uh more than not we have around two videos uh if we have any more than that it's usually bonus content our videos consist of one episode whether that that's an educational episode and one wargaming content episode or we like to mix and match with movie reviews and book reviews with the wargaming episode and we have lots of wargaming content coming out there so if you're a big wargamer and you love american civil war gaming please be sure to head on over there thank you guys for listening this is tony civil war museum the podcast i'm tony signing out i will see you next time